Welcome to Tracy Says Things, the podcast that finally likes itself, thick thighs and all. I'm Tracy, and I tend to say things. Today we're going to chat about body image. As a full-figured woman, body image is something that I have had lots of experience navigating. I've had a love-hate relationship with my body for years. I've watched it grow as I was pregnant and loved the way it felt to have a life building inside of me. I really liked taking care of myself for the innocent human floating inside of there. I've also been so angry at my body that I've cut myself just to watch it bleed. I have disliked just about every single body part on myself, at least once. But now, if you ask what I like about myself, well, I have an answer. I love my butt, I love my eyes, I love my hair, I have hands that have dried my baby's tears and shoulders that people have leaned on, I have strong legs that have carried me into a new chapter in life, and a lower back that Joel's hand fits perfectly against. But I know now too that I'm so much more than a series of body parts. As a mom to two kiddos, one of whom is 12 and beginning to face the reality of those teenage years, Body image is something that has been front of mind for me for a while now. It was around that age, 12-ish, when as a child I began to show signs of low body confidence. See, a healthy body image means you feel comfortable in your body and you feel good about the way you look. This includes what you think and feel about your appearance and how you judge your own self-worth. Negative body image can put you at a higher risk of developing mental health conditions like an eating disorder, or having depression. At least 70% of women have a significant body image issue. Now, why is having healthy body image important? Basically, if you feel good about yourself, you probably have better physical and mental health than someone who feels shitty about themselves. Researchers think that the dissatisfaction with their bodies might be part of the reason that more women have depression than men girls are more likely than boys to have negative body image. This is because many women feel pressured to measure up to the strict and unrealistic social and cultural beauty ideals. Children of parents who diet or who have a negative body image are also more likely to develop unhealthy thoughts about their own bodies. Girls and women hear and see messages about how they look from the first moment they're alive, throughout much of their childhood and well into adulthood. Young girls and teens are more likely to be praised for how they look than for their thoughts or actions. The media focuses on showing women who are thin and attractive and young. Images of these women are then edited using things like Photoshop. So the end result, girls and women try to reach beauty and body ideals that don't even fucking exist. Studies show that daughters are twice as likely to have ideas about dieting when their moms diet. If you want to lose weight and get healthy, pay attention to the language that you use with your kids. Rather than talking about dieting, explain that you're eating healthy foods. Together with your family, cook healthy meals. Order healthy food at restaurants and get more physical together. Teach your children about smart food choices. Help them develop healthy eating and healthy exercise habits. You could help your children do this by... Making sure that they understand weight gain and growth are normal parts of development, especially during puberty. By not making negative statements about food and weight and body size and shape, yours, your children's, or really anyone else's. 
Allow your children to make decisions about food while making sure that there's plenty of healthy and nutritious options available to them. And compliment your kids more on efforts, talents, accomplishments than their looks. So talk with them about the media images that they see. And I mean, duh, but talk to your kids and show them that you're always there to listen. You're probably teaching your kids harmful habits if you often complain about your weight or your body shape. You're trying new miracle diets or pills. And please do not ever tell your kids that they would be more attractive if they lost weight. Many teenage girls of average weight think they're fat and then they're not satisfied with their bodies. Having extreme weight concerns and then acting on those concerns can harm girls socially, physically, and emotionally. Skipping meals or taking diet pills leads to poor nutrition, which leads to difficulty learning. For some teens, extreme efforts to lose weight can lead to eating disorders like anorexia or bulimia. For others, the pressure to be thin can lead to binge eating and like overeating that's followed by extreme guilt. Hello, that's me. Girls are also more likely than boys to risk their health by trying to lose weight in those unhealthy ways. Boys, on the other hand, tend to feel that they're not muscular enough, and so they'll try to bulk up. Extreme workouts to build muscle, they even sometimes resort to dangerous steroid usage. In rare cases, people can have such a distorted view of their bodies that they have a mental health condition called body dysmorphic disorder, or BDD. It's a serious illness in which a person is preoccupied with their minor or imaginary physical flaws. It, of course, is going to require medical intervention and counseling to resolve. Do you want to hear something gross? I'm going to tell you even if you don't want to hear it. But every 62 minutes in the world, one person dies as a direct result from an eating disorder. That's like one person an hour. Women who are overweight are more likely to have a negative body image, but not all women who are obese or overweight are dissatisfied with their bodies. Hello, Queen Lizzo. Women with a healthy weight could also have a negative body image. Hello, Karen Carpenter. Weight is not the only part of a person's body that determines their body image. Their self-esteem, past history, their daily habits, grooming and the particular shape of their body, it all contributes to their body image. Weight is an important issue, but it's not the only part. Women who are underweight due to health conditions like eating disorders or perhaps they have cancer and have lost weight or even just your genetics can affect your weight. They're going to have a negative body image sometimes due to the effects of those conditions. Even without another health condition, a person who's underweight could develop a negative body image if others are always commenting on their appearance, saying they're too skinny. The more you practice thinking positive thoughts about yourself and the fewer negative thoughts you allow, the better you'll feel about who you are and how you look. While very few people are truly 100% positive about every aspect of their body, it really does help to focus on the things you do like. My ass, my eyes, <laughs> and my purple hair. Also, most people realize as they get older that how you look is really just only one part of who you are. And again... I'm 40 and I don't give a fuck what you think. I love my ass, my eyes, and my hair. Working on accepting how you look 
is way healthier than constantly working to change how you look. Now, I, just like many of you, are super guilty of letting a few of these bad phrases carelessly fall from your mouth. And, you know, time to time, it's going to happen. Whether it's a discussion with friends or a conversation with yourself, negative self-talk is the worst. Or even just making appearance comparisons to other people or celebrities or anyone you see, it's going to happen in our day-to-day lives. Many people are really unaware of how devastating some of those phrases and comparisons are, though, to ourselves and to those around us. The majority of youth do report being unhappy with their appearance or weight. And research does suggest that children begin reporting body dissatisfaction between the ages of 6 and 9, which will only increase into their middle and high school years, and then has the ability to continue throughout their lives. These statistics are pretty scary because being dissatisfied with your body image is associated with awful outcomes like lower self-esteem, disordered eating, increased chances of depression, substance abuse, and just plain peer teasing and bullying. Because of this, we really need to be on our best behavior and do our best to be aware of the impact that body image development in young people can have on their futures. I had a conversation with a very dear friend, Chrissy. She's a woman who's faced her own body image demons, and she's a survivor in her own right. I'd like to introduce a friend of mine. Her name is Chrissy, and uh, I thought that I would bring her on today because she has uh, not only personal experience with our topic, but she's also uh, one of the more inspirational people on Instagram that I love and I follow. Uh, Her Instagram being Mama Bear is very body positive and sends out what I think is a fantastic message. So podcast world, I'd like you to meet Chrissy. My name is Chrissy. Um, As Tracy said, I am the, I guess, person behind being Mama Bear on Instagram um in the outside world of Instagram I am a mom of two daughters so obviously the topic of body image is something that I've thought about like since they've been in my womb and stuff that um constantly have to be mindful of um of myself um I'm a partner uh we've been together now oh god I think it'll be 12 years in April, and no, we're not married. How rude. <laughs> um, <laughs> hmm, my story. I'm just going to jump right into, like, the whole body image stuff, I guess, because otherwise awesome. I feel like we'll be here all night. <laughs> no, um, but my, okay, so I guess my body image and eating disorder stuff uh, would have started probably around age 13. Yeah, I'm going to say around age 13 because I think I was in grade like seven going into grade eight type thing when that happened. Um, And for me, it was a lot of restricting. I had people in my family and like friends life who would constantly comment on my weight and my weight would constantly fluctuate. So like having people tell you or poke at your belly and tell you like, oh, you're going to have to lose so many pounds before this event or something at like age 13 was just it like hurts my heart. Then there's so many kids 
that go through this still every day. It just blows my mind. So that's a little side note on that. Um, I used to play competitive sports all through high school. So I was constantly fed um, what diets are best, um, how much you should, how many calories you should eat so that you burn this much, uh, how much exercise for how many minutes builds how much muscle and all these things. So you take everything that the world is throwing at you when we're reading things about diets and nobody tells us why all we're seeing is like oh this person dieted and did this and now they look like this which by the way in media is all wrong anyways because it's all photoshopped like maybe nowadays there's a couple things that are less filtered or unfiltered but every fucking thing in the media is photoshopped so how are we supposed to know what normal real day-to-day bodies look like when that's what we're shown all the time anyways growing up in that era was not not a great time for me or I'm sure lots of um, women or people that identify as women nowadays go through I actually had to eventually go to Bridgepoint which is a, a center for eating disorders in Milden Saskatchewan which prior to myself going, I had no idea this even existed. And literally even just thinking about those moments of walking through those doors gives me goosebumps because that whole experience was so emotional and pivotal to my recovery that it like still gives me chills. I don't, I can't, I can't explain it, but just going through those doors, meeting the women that I met there of like, some of them were in their 40s. Some of them were in their early 20s. Some of them, there was one lady there, I believe, who was like 60 years old. And I couldn't fathom the fact that there was still people struggling at those ages. I just assumed it was like, oh, I'm a teenager and this is what people do. And by the time we're old, like this doesn't exist anymore. But fucking take care of it or get help for it. That's exactly where we're going to be. And I found that so eerie and eye-opening but also being in a room face-to-face with people that are struggling with similar things as you is just so... You would understand this from like a, going to like the peer support groups that you do and running those. Like being in a room with people that share their stories and you relate to is so eye-opening. Like it's different than just reading stories about people on the internet or in books that have maybe experienced this or say they've gone through it but actually seeing those people and looking in their eyes and seeing their pain and their there's just something to be said when you witness this (laughs) right would you say you had a lot of preoccupation about um weights other than you know what other people were saying was it like were you obsessively thinking about it and and doing like a lot of checking and or was it just like feelings, like more of a dysmorphia that because or, or were you really like you were never really like an obese child? No. OK, so I guess I went through like I went through puberty early. I'm going to say like grade grade three. I started having to wear training bras and I definitely pudged out, put on some weight in those early years. And those I was actually bullied like horrendously for my weight in grade three and grade four so that was also a big trigger for me and like my there was a couple girls in my class that like I remember them passing a note and saying like we don't want to be friends with you because like I can't remember what the exact words were but something about like me having boobs now and I had a big tummy and stuff like that and they couldn't be friends with me and it was like just like we were in grade three <laughs> yikes I guess in those those early years I didn't really click in, but like later on in my teen years, it was definitely more dysmorphia. Like looking back at my photos, 
when I like thought I was um, a certain size. I definitely wasn't right now. Um, I've had to wear, I guess, like, or I've had double D or bigger sized breasts most of my life. When I went to Bridgepoint at my thinnest, I didn't even have to wear a bra anymore because I had no boobs left. Like I was so thin and so small, but still in those moments, I thought I was way larger than it was like it wasn't until I was um early on into recovery and looking back that I could see like the size of my body for what it was if that makes sense Mm -hmm. oh for sure we internalize things that we shouldn't internalize and it's those like one-off comments sometimes that you know somebody just says it so flippantly and they really don't even think about the words that are coming out of their mouth and I mean I'm guilty of it as of of it as much as anyone else in this world but like I'd mentioned you know having a daughter who is plus sized and myself growing up plus sized I should be more super conscious about what I say and what I do around her and I'm so grateful to my partner right now because he has sort of forced vegetables back into this house and he's made them cool and the (laughs) the youngest Um, My youngest is definitely like embracing the health version of things. But we, I mean, we still have Oreos. I still have a giant plate of gummy candies here in front of me um, that, I mean, like the kids aren't here right now. And I'm just like, nom, nom, nom. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, I, I have to watch what I say and do around them. Because it's not that like a bag of candy can turn you into like a, a contestant for my 600 pound life. But it's, you know, it's all these lifestyle things rolled into one that it's either you're leaning towards being a healthier body or being an unhealthier body. And it's, I I really have to watch what I say around her because I don't want to fat shame and I don't make her feel the way I, um, where like I was doing, you know, a lot of what they call body image avoidance, you know, with wearing baggy clothes and um, like I, to this day, I still can't tell you what I weigh <laughs> because I just, I don't go on a scale. Um, but I do know that I have, um, my shape has changed because clothes don't fit anymore. Like they're, they're too big or I've had to like punch holes and belts and stuff. And, and that's what I'm trying to pass on to her is about, not about the numbers on a scale and not about like not loving your body as it is but just trying to make her healthier. I know she's not as healthy as she should be because I'm not as healthy as I should be. And it it's going to be like a trickle down, right? Like if I don't take care of it, she won't. And it's really tricky because that's where I'm struggling is how do I not shame her or shame me in the same breath, but still try and push health versus thinness because it's not about being thin like for a long time I had that like thin ideal where if I'm thin I'll be pretty and all the boys will like me and all the girls will want to be friends Mm. with me and my life will be amazing and that's garbage like we know that that's not true but it's definitely Mm -hmm. like there are pluses to being healthy versus carrying excess it's and you know I mean cardiovascular health and all of that it does there is a point where uh, a weight is unhealthy and I know that my daughter and I are probably there I shouldn't even say probably I'm (laughs) sugarcoating but um like how do you like that's that's my biggest struggle yes I'm gonna say I was like the whole time I just wanted to scream at you and be like I'm right there with you like even with all the 
information that I throw at myself and like the, the certain people I follow on Instagram and like um, different dietitians or like proper or there's a couple what's the one Instagram page I follow I think it's called bloom nutrition and then there's another one that's about um, I think it's called feeding the littles I'm gonna have to check on these later but anyways they've shown me lots of ways on like so like the way I was brought up for eating which I'm sure most or some other people will relate to this too but was like whatever's put on your plate you finish what's on your plate if you don't finish it that's food wasting and blah 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 and like right there is already setting us as kids and our our kids up for doing that as failure because if they're full they're full and we're telling them to to keep eating so that's already taking away their bodily autonomy on like food choices so what these pages have been saying is basically like we control what we cook for our kids so for example if I'm gonna cook like a three-course meal or something not three courses who the hell has time for that but an actual dinner with something, an entree and two side dishes, I just make sure at least something on the plate that everybody likes, which has like been a really hard thing for me to do. Because again, growing up, it was like, we make what we make and you don't get different things and you eat what's in front of you and blah, 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 blah. So like when you have toddlers, obviously, you know, they probably don't like 90% of the things that you're going to present them with at least if there's something nutritious that they're eating off that plate like let's say I made broccoli french fries and no chicken well sometimes my toddler decides she wants to be a vegetarian and only eat broccoli and potatoes and other days all she wants to eat is like two bites of chicken which is a huge struggle for me to be like oh you're actually full off of two bites obviously if she's hungry later Mm -hmm. then I just present her with the same food item like but it's so difficult because back to going with like without fat shaming so my oldest right now has discovered um so she's eight and she's learning about lent right now and she wanted to give up Uh, She originally told me carbs and I asked her why and she said because carbs are bad and I want to be healthy so I'm going to practice during Lent and like I froze like I literally almost took a whole day I think before I even said anything to her because I just like have all this knowledge in my brain but when it's your own kid saying these things it's just out the window like I wanted to be like, no, carbs are actually good for you, and blah, 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 and all these things of, like, moderation, but, like, she's eight, so it's so hard for me to try and talk to her about that, too, whereas if it was, like, a friend talking to me, I have all the advice yeah. to put out in the world, like, fuck, it's, I, I get that, because that's also something I'm, I'm also not in my, as a doctor's range of healthy, I would be considered overweight, that's the word, I would be considered overweight, and I, for myself, want to get my cardio in a better shape, because I just want to be able to, like, go for, a like, a long walk, and not be out of breath, go up and down stairs without be out of breath, talking on this freaking podcast without be out of, being out of breath, like, so I get the part of wanting to be healthy, but I, myself, Whenever I start to try and do stuff like that, there's this shitty little voice in the back of my head that'll start and try and take over and be like, oh, well, you've already worked out for this long. If you work out longer, then you'll burn this much. If you um, eat this after, uh, if you eat your sugar after your workout, like it's not like you uh, obtaining the bad. Like there's just all these things that come and try and sabotage and it makes it so hard to want to be healthy. So I get I get what you're saying. So Chrissy, who do we blame for 
young women and young men or just women and men in general having body image issues is it the media who you know are the ones that publish the images that are photoshopped and the images that are showing us figures that are unattainable for the average person or is it us for wanting that because frankly, like I was doing some research for just stats and things before we talked about this. And the average woman is 5'11 and 115 pounds. Now I can diet myself down to 125 pounds. I can starve myself and exercise and make that happen. But I am never going to grow more than I already am. So 115 or 125 pounds on my frame is going to look a lot different than it is on a, uh, a frame that's five foot 11. So even if I starved myself down to that, it's not going to look the same. And same with young men with um, body dysmorphia, in regards to uh, like weight gain and, and muscle mass, um, young men see images of athletes and um, bodybuilders and uh, like wrestlers and action heroes and and they're all you know six or eight pack abs and giant biceps and these skinny little kids in high school are you know, dropping steroids and, and doing everything they can do to build that muscle. When in fact, most kids aren't actually physically able to do that kind of um, weight gain uh, without something like steroids, which are extremely unhealthy. So yeah, like who, who should we be mad at the media or us? Because it's what we want to see, because we've seen it so often. I agree with what, with what you're saying. And I think like nowadays we have like the choices and like there's Instagram and Facebook and all these places where we can look for different body types and look for uh, like certain body types who will physically not be able to look like models that we see walking the runway, like physically can't. But I feel like when I was a kid or whatever, we didn't have Instagram. We were literally the main medias we seen were filtered like there wasn't the accessibility I guess that we have now to like find all these awesome like Instagram influencers or Facebook people or um, that are of different sizes like I mean at least I can remember as teenagers really having is like much music videos to look at because music videos were so cool back then and magazines and I can tell you right now, there was not in like what was seen as beautiful or what was seen as most wanted or most attractive or whatever. I mean, every high school show had the fat kid, but they were there. Yes. Yes. They were the comic relief. And, and they, they were the funny the serious. Kid. They weren't the one that was in a relationship. They weren't yes. the one that the boys or the girls wanted. They were the, the butt of the joke. They were there just as the background character. I think we're doing yes. better for our kids and we're doing better for the next generations coming up. And they're demanding better too, because I think seeing more different body shapes, but we're still like, the plus size models are still a size 16. Like that's not plus size yet. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it really, I mean, <clears throat> no, it's not. And 
I can really only like speak to my experience, but when I would, I still am clothes shopping for the record. Um, but <laughs> very recently I've like Me fit into yep. size 18. And so I'm like, <laughs> I'm the shit, like I'm hot, whatever. But I still hate going, going shopping with girlfriends and we go to Midtown and I'd pop into Edition L and I'd be like, um, the models in the clothes don't like, they don't look like I do even. And they all had these perfect little hourglass shapes. They got the big boobs and nice big hips and like a booty that's got lots of cushion for pushing and like I and these little tiny weight clothes that they're wearing aren't in this store because if you had a waist like that the one or two or three x that is hanging on that rack wouldn't fit you and I mean obviously mm -hmm. the thing is people don't always know even though it's obvious to people that do know anything but Nine times out of 10, a model is not wearing off the rack. It's been tailored her specifically. So even if she is a size 16, they've taken something and, and pared it down to her body or whatever. So she's not wearing the 1X or the 2X in the store because it just doesn't look right. Right. And going back to what you're saying earlier, like where your logical brain, like as we're talking, we can recognize like all these things that like we should be able to acknowledge. But like in the moment we can't. And I don't know if like I can obviously only speak for myself but I don't know if it goes back to just like wanting approval from peers from society if wanting to be loved wanting any sort of like affection or attention like in that aspect because mm -hmm. that is what they're showing us is like this is how you get it this is what you need to look like to get that and like I mean it's like a basic human need is to be loved and wanted and so for me I feel like that was always a big thing behind wanting to achieve those bodies and it's not like I grew up in like a household with lack of love or anything like that but it was just like I felt like I needed more I needed outside people to see me as like those people because that meant that I belong here and that meant that I'm worthy of being on this planet which like again going back to our logical brains knows that that's not a reason for you to be on the earth is how you look or whatever it should be how you feel and all these things but if we feel shitty on the inside we can't we like we can't see I wanted to ask you a couple of things specifically about as like somebody who has super frustrating had an actual recovery I, I, I guess it's like any kind of addiction or whatever you're never really like recovered I mean it's a constant daily struggle right but um Yes, <laughs> throwing the word recovered yes, around. Sorry about that, but but um, when you when you were pregnant, and obviously your body is supposed to gain weight when you're you're pregnant and stuff, did that cause you some like feelings? Like, were you like, holy shit? Like, what's what am I doing? Like, or did you were you able to sort of like put it out of your head and just let it happen? Um, so for me, I was in therapy before I was ever pregnant. And like this had this was a topic that had came up was like, well, how do you feel about weight gain and pregnancy? And it was always on a sidebar. I always wanted to be a mom. I always wanted to have kids. So I think like that part of me was always like, well, we would never do anything to jeopardize like a baby. Anyway, so going back to thinking about being pregnant, and gaining weight, it was always like, well, that's fine, because it's for the baby. But as soon as I have the baby, I'll just lose it all anyways. Like it was always so even while I was pregnant, like for my first pregnancy, I gained 80 pounds, which was a fuck ton of weight in a short amount of time. And my body, I don't know how, like, 
I probably should have been on some sort of... So during pregnancy, I guess, no, it never... It was never... I was never worried about gaining weight while pregnant because I was always just telling myself, well, as soon as I have the baby, I can I can do whatever I need to do to lose the weight. So it was always, I guess, triggered as soon as the, uh, um, each of my kids were born. After the first, like, six weeks is when usually my eating disorder would, like, thoughts would start coming back in and being like, okay, you're healed now. Doctors and all the books say you're healed by six weeks. Time to start exercising. Time to start fixing right. your diet and blah 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 um so. and i think uh like our media <sighs> mm-hmm. with every cover of every magazine anytime a starlet or uh, any hollywood celeb or singer or whatever um has a baby it's like they're gonna p- bounce back with this post-pregnancy body and blah 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 and i'm just like oh good lord is it like have they really done any work have they is it just spanks they like hit the plastic surgeon like how you know how can they do that and right it took a lot of like really coming to the understanding that these people don't have real lives and some of them do spend literally hours Mm -hmm. a day in a gym and they have all of their meals made for them and everything is prepared to the highest standards and it's like they don't live real lives no exactly Exactly. I mean and and I get it like some of these like action stars and People who yeah. are, you know, paid, we pay them to look at them. And so they are, you know, they are in the gym for hours a day to, to build yes. muscle, to be lean and toned and be a hero. And um, there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's, that's their job, whatever. But I think the media take advantage of our love of the instant fix and makes us feel bad that we can't bounce back yes. that same way and it really frustrates me because even like I, when Megan Markle um had her baby and then um it came out that she was having postpartum depression there were two camps there was camp A that was like how dare she she's you know who who thinks she is that she can't have um a baby and and or can have this baby and can't have her shit together and like how dare she and then the other camp was like, which I was a part of, was like, okay, look at this woman. She has everything. She has staff. She has supportive husband. She has um, this great baby and support. And she still succumbed to the natural depression that happens after having a baby. She allowed herself to feel it and was yes. smart enough, brave enough to admit to the world that, hey, this happened to me. It's probably happened to a woman in your life and we all need to support each other and um i think the same should be happening with postpartum um pregnancy weight and stuff too like these women were even slightly more honest and were like hey yeah i'm wearing like three spanks under here like some people do and we laugh at it and you know that the award shows some people like i'm just thinking like tina fey I think she said it one time she was somewhere and she was like, it's all the spanks or whatever. Like, and it was played off as a laugh, but she, you know, there's, there's truth under there. Like she's not, you know, able to be in a gym five hours. I hate that we allow the collective, we in quotation marks, allow ourselves to be manipulated. And (laughs) I hate that it still gets me occasionally. Like this, it's the cycle of like, well, it just, it hurts. I know. Oh, parenting's not fucking easy. No. Eh? <laughs> well, 
Um, no, not for even the best of people. It just doesn't, um, yeah. What do you think is the most harmful thing that you've ever seen um, in the media? Oh, boy. I, I guess in short form, going back to talking about um, Photoshop, like Photoshop and filters, like so when Instagram first came out and Snapchat and there's like all these fun filters and trust me, I love a good filter. They're funny and whatever. Sometimes <laughs> you just want to put on a makeup and pretty filter. But when I feel like those two things are probably one of the most harmful things that are out there because obviously not everybody is showing their authentic selves at all on the internet or through media like I just feel like when there's filters put on things and photoshop is used obviously it's not always being announced and obviously like I mean filters and stuff like they have a place they have a place and they're fun and whatever and they can dress up a picture and make it nice but there's there's just not as much rawness if that for lack of better word that I feel like okay, you need that's to, like, fair. Balance it out. Um, I've also add a flip side or ask you then, um, how do you feel about makeup? When you said that, like, that you can take a picture and put it on Instagram or, or like from Snapchat filters and stuff, and the person is fake. And I'm super guilty of I love. <laughs> there's a filter called Naomi, and it just gives me a beautiful glow. <laughs> Evens out the skin tone. Yeah, I have a bit of a red zit popping through it filters out that red and just makes it, you can still see the zit, but it's not as glowy. And so I love that filter <laughs> and I use it quite often, but you're, you're saying that um, because th- that filter yes. is not announced and unless you know, and it's one that's like the blue stars, it, it doesn't announce that you're using a filter. And I get that. Yes. Naomi, that's why I use Naomi because she does just yes. kind of put a glow on and it's not like yes. a, like it's not like a flashy filter. It's not like a, this has definitely been filtered, but it has been. So I totally get that. So then, what, in your opinion, is the difference? And having like a layer of makeup on that hides all of my imperfections the same way that filter will. Well, dang, Tracy, hit me with the hard questions here. Just kidding. <laughs> Um, okay, well, circling back, first of all, I want to say I also still use filters, and no, I don't always <laughs> announce it, obviously. So, <laughs> but um, I'm also pro makeup. Like, I am obviously not a huge makeup person, but like, I also never go out. So, if I actually went out more, I probably would do my makeup because it feels nice. I also like wearing makeup. I like putting, I used to get extensions on my eyelashes, but now I just use the glue on ones but I like putting those on I obviously like feeling fancy and like prettied up and right now I have two huge uh mask knee zits on my chin so obviously when I'm going to take a picture I've been catching myself like putting my coat up to cover it so I'm guilty of all of that too and I'm pretty sure I know exactly what Naomi filter you're talking about because I'm pretty sure I've used it as well um okay but I think I guess hmm I guess what it boils down for me in the filter aspect is skin imperfections. And I don't like, whereas makeup for the most part, you can still see textures. And I mean, oh, how else? Like, if you don't know anybody off the internet and all they post is makeup pictures, then I guess you're right. That's all you see is them with a real life filter. Like, obviously, yes, you can do a, a total catfish and have the most bomb-ass makeup. And I've seen people that look nothing like how they look on a different day. But for the most part, I feel like 
makeup is used to like amplify the features that you already have. And maybe it's just my views on filters, but when I see people use filters, it's usually like for like when you said or when I said is like when I have a zit or let's say I have greasy hair and I just wanted to make it look not greasy and I feel when we're using those things we're just like filtering out these things that we are told are bad or our imperfections or our flaws or whatever and that's totally fine if you as a person feel like more comfortable doing that because again I do that sometimes too it's just how it is but when it's constantly all we see it goes back to like how how are we supposed to be being made to feel about ourselves as like if we don't like wearing makeup or we don't like doing whatever but all these people that we're seeing are so beautiful <laughs> with all this makeup on and these filters and I don't know I'm just I'm running That's around okay. this I question didn't mean I to guess like, I can't I didn't I mean to I really... stump you but like just when you were like you know filters are like no, when you okay. are hiding and I'm like well I kind of I but I I get what you're saying about like the makeup is used to enhance and a filter is used to hide and that is I think you're totally right. Like, I, I, I'd never really thought about that before. And actually, my, my partner, just the other night, um, we were talking about uh, getting, like, there's a big event coming up. And um, we were talking about, like, me and my daughter, um, I would hire someone to do our makeup and our hair. And, and you know, we're going to go buy new outfits and whatever. And, and <laughs> he kind of shouted from across the room because uh, she was talking, my daughter was talking about, like, well, you know, I'll want color and that color. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like the, the friend that's going to do our makeup is going to pick the colors and she's going to make us look the most beautiful that we can look based on our outfits and our hair and everything that day. You're not going to choose blue eyeshadow or whatever. You ladies are beautiful <laughs> and the most beautiful without makeup. And I kind of looked over at him and I'm like, well, two things. Aw, thanks. And B, I do the makeup and stuff for me, not for you. <laughs> so, I mean... Because I think I have a pretty good relationship yes. with don't yes. put on a full face. I don't use a lot of foundation or concealer. It's, it is more just about like eyeshadow and colors and red lipstick and, you know, things like that. So I totally understand the whole um, makeup as an enhancement versus a cover up. I totally get that. So I didn't mean to like totally throw you under yes. the bus with that question. <laughs> I just. <laughs> no, that's okay. And. And like I follow a lot of like makeup bars on Instagram, like it's 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 an art in so many ways. So there's like that whole side of things too. So in no way, I don't. Yeah, that's just. But no, you're totally right when you say an art. Like my cousin's um, girlfriend's um, partner. I should call her girlfriend. She's his partner. She posts the most beautiful, colorful makeup stuff, and I'm just like, teach me your fucking witchcraft, like you. Like, and, and I mean, she also at the same time yes. posted a picture of her with her kids and she's got like not a lick of eyeliner. Like she's just natural face. And then like 25 minutes later, it seems she's gone into her house because they live kind of out of in the country and she goes into her house and like 25 minutes later, she's putting up this picture of like bombshell. And I'm like, fuck, like what if I had, if I could do that, like I am literally like, the Maybelline like blue eyeshadow still like I'm not talented when it comes to that stuff so you know I, but so I, I do like I totally love makeup I love playing dress up I love heels I love you know the whole getting girly aspect of it but I never really thought about it as like hiding behind something 
um, I see makeup, yeah, you're right, as like an enhancement of stuff yes. that's there for the most part. Yes, that yeah, that would be that's I guess my standpoint on it is like I also love makeup. I don't don't do it nearly enough, especially with this corona bullshit year. But like, I love it when I do it. Like it's fun, and like like especially when it's a special occasion and dress up and like the giddy feeling you feeling and like passing that on with your kids. Like when you're just saying that you have that planned with your kiddo, it just made me like so. It's like oh my god, it looks so cute. I just want yes. to see pictures. Like. <laughs> You know, so getting like there's all these fun things and fun sides to doing that. But then, like you said about um, your friend, like she'll post those bomb pictures, but she's also sharing like a real life photo. I like seeing stuff like that because it's showing both sides. Like, yeah, I can do all right. these beautiful and fun things, but I also look like no. This. I think well, and that I think is is yeah. the problem with a lot of the media that we see is we never see the real we're always seeing the fake and i mean um i remember um and it, it applies to this too but um penny was getting scared of a television show i think we were watching the walking dead and she was coming out and i mean it's not that we would watch it when she was around but she'd wake up in at night or whatever and come out and it could be like a scene of you know rick fighting a zombie or whatever and we'd hit pause but who knows what she would see right and so we always talked about spooky versus yep. scary and I said to her, like, whenever you're watching something on TV or in a movie, it's always spooky. It's not scary because it's got music playing and it's on TV and it's pretend. In real life, um, you know, even if something is funny or something is sad or something is happy, in real life, we don't have a soundtrack playing. There's no music. So it's not on TV, the sad and the scary and the the funny aren't real. None of it is real because there's a soundtrack playing behind it. And so that's how you can tell when it's something is spooky versus something is real life scary. And she was like, oh, okay, cool. So with all of the fakeness, we don't have some real life example sometimes to, you know, to be our like, like the soundtrack, like you don't know on Instagram, there's no soundtrack if somebody's got a filter there's no soundtrack to tell us if that's yes. real or fake right so for kids and stuff i think it's really yes. hard to navigate that so we mentioned earlier that you have an instagram account and it's called being mama bear it's bear as in stripped away naked natural as the good lord intended whatever um not bear as in like grr growly <laughs> protective bear you're very empowering with the idea that all bodies are beautiful um and you show different body types you obviously show some of yourself here <laughs> it's all beautiful um what gives you the courage to post what's um what what are your goals with your instagram account i guess initially so going before I even created the account so the background behind my name for my Instagram being mama bear is I wanted to just like have a space that I could unapologetically post about my life and when I had first made it I wanted it to be like about my kids and about just like my daily life with that included like my mental health struggles my eating disorder struggles um what my pets were doing like literally it was mostly just going to be like a vlog of my daily life like more so for a diary for me, but if, like, if it helped anyone, cool. And then as I started posting, 
I real there was like random people from like all over the internet, as anyone who uses Instagram knows, that would message me and say like, "Oh my gosh, this post like really helped me," or like, "Wow, I felt the same way," or "I've struggled with this," and it was like reaching all these people that like I had never even met before, or like people that I did know but didn't know them as well as I do now. I guess like they are, are reaching out to me because of like things that they can relate to or like whatever. Um, and for me sharing and talking when I was younger this was never a thing for me believe it or not I'm very outspoken now and I just say whatever the fuck I want but so nowadays talking about things and like sharing my story really just helps me and I think it goes back to like so prior my whole life I bottled everything in and like obviously that doesn't do anybody good when you do that so I discovered the more I talked about it the more I shared the more vulnerable I was what I'm feeling is invalid I have felt a lot of validation which sounds weird wanting validation from social media but I'm finding like it's from specific people so it's not like I'm posting to be like tell me I'm pretty or tell me I am worthy of this but it's more so the validations of like today I feel shitty I know I'm a good person and blah, 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 but I just need to say how shitty I feel today. And I haven't had one person give me negative feedback about that. Right. So that's really, so that's been super helpful, I guess. So basically it was a diary that has now helped people. And my goal with it is to just keep growing and reach as many people as I possibly can. So I'm going to put the Instagram link in the episode notes because I think you all should follow Chrissy. And fun side note, Chrissy was one of the people who gave me my moniker. She was uh, at one of our group meetings and (laughs) to a new member who kind of walked in the door, she's one of the people that said, oh, that's Tracy. She says things. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, we've known each other for a while. We've... um, We've grown together and learned a lot about each other and and about ourselves at the same time. Chrissy is honestly one of the planet's best humans. I hope you all in podcast land are going to go and follow her. Um, I know that if you go and you look through some of her past posts, you will find that one nugget of wisdom, um, that one kernel of truth that's really going to inspire you. Chrissy, I want to thank you so much for all your time here today. I know it's crazy being a mom and find time to like hide out and <laughs> have a conversation. <laughs> I'm very grateful that you uh, were able to sit here with me, um, even though we're miles apart uh, <laughs> through the power of technology, we are able to connect. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tracy. And I just, I feel like we could have like multiple conversations that are going to be hours long. So hopefully that's maybe in our future. <laughs> Uh, let's but, um, figure out some more topics and we'll just bullshit our way through them. Yes, I love that idea. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. This was Tracy Says Things, a podcast brought to you by Anchor Media. Produced terribly by Tracy. If you would like to volunteer your production skills or offer feedback, contact us at tracysaysthings at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at tracysaysthings.